Hi guys, so this podcast is brought to you from Arizona. I've been on like a huge round trip, road trip. I think I mentioned that in my last episode. But I'm heading back home tomorrow. Well, starting the drive because I have to go through like three different states to get home. It's 20 hours. And it's a whole lot of nothing between here and there. So, yeah. What I wanted to talk about today is some stuff that I didn't write any notes for again. But I think that I can uh, just go with it. So the idea that you've maybe heard before, I think there's a quote about this, is that the mind is a great servant and a terrible master. And in our culture, and uh, most of the dominant cultures, we use the mind for everything. Like, we think that's our identity, and that's what we should use as our guidance system for everything, to make decisions, and so on. And we're a very mentally dominated society. And the thing about the mind is it's just like a pattern-seeking mechanism, like a machine. It's basically just like, think of it like some kind of AI thing where you program it and then it goes out and seeks out information that supports the program or the belief. So the beliefs are the programs. And then your mind is the pattern-seeking mechanism that searches for evidence that supports the beliefs to reinforce them. And then it's just like a feedback loop. And if the beliefs don't serve you, this is how you get mental disorders and other types of issues. Because it's the mind just like playing out some deep-seated belief and it's like it starts glitching or something. Because a lot of the beliefs that we internalize don't serve us at all. They actually do the opposite. They kind of sabotage us and cause us to drain like our energy in things that just don't serve us at all. And um, instead it serves like the machine, you know? So once you become aware of this, your conditioning and programming that has caused you to work against yourself, you can start the work of deprogramming, just like releasing the beliefs and energy patterns that you've been holding that don't serve you. And that can require acknowledging the trauma of being manipulated and turned into basically a slave. Uh, If you look at a lot of the messages around and the dominant way that people relate to themselves, like it's socially acceptable to complain and talk shit about yourself, but it's not socially acceptable to go around talking about the things that are good in your life. It's seen as bragging, even. Um, And it's just not really socially acceptable to say you love yourself. Self-love is even used in like a derogatory way. And it's just like a lot of bullshit messages that... I think are deliberately set up to drain you so that you don't rise up and challenge the status quo too much because the status quo is basically just like a big machine that uh, anything anomalous or different will immediately be pushed back into line to support the dominant narrative because it's basically an egregore which is the thought form that is fed with belief. So religions are also an example of this, or any ideology. So the dominant like social narrative and the way our society is structured is basically 
yeah, it will seek to strengthen itself and push people out of line. It's like a program that we're all tapped into, like a hive mind. And, um, yeah, one example that I often mention with this kind of stuff is like crying, for example. It's a very human, natural thing. It's great. It's healing. But it's immediately suppressed. Like if you cry in a group of people, people will try to make you stop. They'll even say stop crying or they'll do what they can to make you happy or they'll get uncomfortable. Some people might even get kind of like mad or like if a guy cries, he might get told to stop being a little bitch and like other harsh stuff that's just designed to like keep that narrative in place, which says suppressing bad quote unquote feelings is the right way to do things and prioritizing good feelings is what you should do as well. So that was kind of a tangent, but let me bring it back to the fact that the mind just seeks to reinforce beliefs. Once you become aware of that, you'll notice that the mind is just going around spinning narratives around whatever's happening and it can... Humans are storytellers, you know, and we weave our life conditions based on our beliefs and the stories our mind tells us about those beliefs. And, uh, yeah, it just strengthens whatever you're feeding it and whatever you focus on. And if you're just focusing on what's in the mainstream narrative and the programming and messages around us in culture and TV and movies and whatnot, you're kind of going to be in trouble. You're not going to feel very good. You're going to be very easily manipulated with your fear and your triggers. Um, Because when you keep people cut off from their hearts and their internal guidance system, it's very easy to trick them because, like I said, the mind will just look for evidence of what it already you already subconsciously believe. And another thing is that your subconscious associates familiarity with safety and comfort because it's what you know. So even if it's something really toxic, it's still going to feel more safe. So that's why a lot of women who grow up with abusive dads seek out abusive partners because it feels like love to them. It feels like safety in a certain way, even if it's miserable because uh, the mind just tries to recreate more of what it already knows. The mind is not capable of conceiving of things that it hasn't experienced before. So if... This is why most people, like everyone has a dream, like a soul calling or something that... What we would call pipe dreams that they wish they could do and then a million reasons why they can't. So that's a really good example of like the heart or soul trying to come through and the mind just beating it back into submission with a bunch of reasons why it can't work. Because the mind prefers safety and familiarity over growth. And uh, to a lot of us, feeling blissful and inspired and aligned with our soul and doing what we really want to do is terrifying because it's unfamiliar. But if you recognize that the mind is kind of set up to reinforce what already exists and is not responsible for coming up with the plan for how to better your situation and actually get in touch with joy and stuff, you can stop giving the mind tasks that it's not designed to handle. We do that all the fucking time. We give our mind tasks that it's actually will be way better suited to ask like our gut or our heart, you know? Because if your heart's not in something, you're not really in it. And you're basically just a robot 
So I made a video today mentioning this, but I'll mention it here again. Like I recently had a situation where I kept trying to use my mind to figure something out. There was a person in my life that was having a really bad effect on me and I kept attacking it with the mind, thinking like, what is it about me? What can I learn from this? How can I adjust to make it feel better? And like my gut knew very early on, this isn't a good situation. Get out of the situation right now. Put as much distance as you can between you and the situation. But instead I was turning to my mind and I had already internalized a belief about this person that they, that I wanted them to be in my life forever because I thought they were so cool. So right there I had a belief and my mind was looking for all evidence that it could to support that belief. Even like, even, it was crazy the level of self-deception with it because my mind was convincing me that it was actually healthy for me. Like, oh, it's giving me a chance to heal things. And it did, but it was ultimately really toxic. So once you acknowledge that you're the one responsible for programming your beliefs and choosing your direction and that your mind is there to kind of reinforce it and bring more of that to you and, um, make the story true, basically, then you have the right idea. Um, using your mind to try to figure out the right direction never really works. Um, your body will tell you. So speaking of choosing a direction, this is another lesson that I realized recently is super, super important because, you know, I have like general ideas of how I want to spend my time, what I want to do, creating, experiencing nature, talking to people, enjoying things, which is cool. It's a really great overarching theme, but um, I wasn't like boldly claiming what I'm going to stand for. And I think it's super important to like boldly claim to yourself in the universe, which is the same thing by the way, what you stand for. Like, this is what I want more of. This is what I want to experience. This is what I'm going to bring to the world. And then you can kind of like tap into what your intuition is telling you is the best next step with that. And uh, the mind always wants to have a clear cut plan of action with all the pros and cons and each step, ABC, all laid out before it even takes a step. And people can say, stay stuck in that place pretty much forever, never moving, never taking a step, because that's not how it works. If you're trying to live in a truly inspired way and be fulfilled, you have to kind of act on inspiration and it's like the path starts opening up to you as you begin to walk, but you have to kind of like take that first step with the faith that the ground will appear under your foot. And it requires bravery and it's difficult and that's why a lot of people don't do it and they end up really cut off from themselves and creativity and they don't know why they feel dead inside. And it's because in a lot of cases they're using the mind to try to do something that the mind is not there for. It's not designed to do. It's like walking up to a computer and saying like, just asking it to... <sighs> I don't know, give you emotional advice or something. It just doesn't fit. It doesn't work. But it's so easy to default to that since all of our conditioning tells you to do that. That's how people try to solve things. And uh, I think most of us know that it never really works. 
So a really good example of like starting to walk in the path appearing is these podcasts because like before I started recording this I just had a very general idea in my head that the mind is a pattern seeking mechanism and that it's not meant to guide you but meant to be programmed and then go out and get evidence for you that uh, reinforces your belief. That's all I really knew. And then it's like I start talking and it appears to me like it happens when I begin talking. It's I don't write out an entire script beforehand because the talking, the action is what brings the rest of the path, if that makes sense. And the same is true for other creative things I do, like painting. I never know what I'm going to do, and a lot of times I don't even feel like I want to do something. It's just kind of like a vague little, yeah, maybe I should. And then I start, and then it basically just flows out like it paints itself. I just have to take that first step. And that can just feel uncomfortable, you know? Like, what am I doing? Ugh. And people just really have lost touch with um, the art of doing things just because, like, for their own sake, just for fun. Um, I was drawing with this really cool little kid the other day, she's like five or six, and it's just so much fun because she's just doing it because it's fun. Like, she doesn't need any other reason. Um, and I've been trying lately, or prioritizing, getting back in touch with that kind of spirit of doing things just for the hell of it, for the sake of enjoyment, because even the most like serious type of person who dedicates their whole life to their work and doesn't make any time for enjoyment still ultimately wants to retire, and why do they want to retire? To be able to enjoy life. Like Everyone actually wants that, but I think a lot of people are afraid to just step up and claim it. Or they're afraid that once they start relaxing, a lot of suppressed emotional content is going to come up to the surface and that it, they won't be able to handle it. And it's not true. With the right approach, you can totally handle pretty much any emotional content that comes up. Like Some people might need like a full-on therapist and meds and stuff to dive into theirs, which is a real thing, but I think that's definitely the minority, and that's part of what my channels are all about, is just like helping people remember actually you can guide yourself through these things like I'm here giving gentle suggestions and ideas but you already have everything you need to be able to solve these issues even if it's really dark um, trauma or a lot of pain that you've suppressed you can learn how to hold space for that you know some good ways to get started are just uh, working on your self-talk being kinder to yourself getting familiar with checking in with how you feel regularly throughout the day and actually making a commitment to yourself that you're okay with prioritizing how you feel, like caring how you feel. And that can feel uh, very difficult or you, you'll probably have a lot of internal resistance to that and maybe even a million different reasons and stories about why it's stupid or a bad idea. And this is a perfect example of what I was saying earlier with how you have an internalized belief, it becomes subconscious, and then your mind just immediately suppresses or shuns anything that doesn't align with it. So the idea of the fact that like how you feel matters, and that you can give yourself the gift of actually feeling good in your body and enjoying life, the mind will resist it so much because it's unfamiliar. Our entire lives are dedicated 
to a society that tells us that having fun and um, enjoying life is just like kind of a luxury that you might get to catch glimpses of on the weekend, but the rest of your time is just there um, to be sacrificed for something else. And I think a lot of people notice that when they're doing things, they're kind of rushing through it to get to the next thing, and then they get to the next thing, and they're rushing through that, and then realizing, wait, what am I doing? I remember first having this idea when I was like 18 or so and writing a little blog post about it. Like, I'm always rushing through everything I do, and then when I get to the next thing, I rush through that, and then I never quite get to the place that I'm trying to get to. And I wasn't aware of anything like presentness or spirituality at that time, but I still could sense that there was never, like, you never actually get the carrot on the stick. (laughs) Um, And that's exactly what these systems are set up to do. I, like I've mentioned before, don't theorize too much on the specifics of what it is. I have some ideas about it, but I don't talk about it too much. Because I don't think it's quite as important as recognizing that it's there and choosing something else. And it does take a lot of persistence and bravery. And you really have to be persistent as fuck with this. And that's why I mentioned knowing what you stand for and boldly claiming it. Because if you don't, there are countless things out there. Countless um, individuals and situations and institutions and ideologies that are vying for your attention and those voices, all that noise can get very, very loud, especially during times like this with the the virus going on and the election coming up and all the craziness going down in America. All of those voices outside and even the people around us can get more intense during this and so the risk is higher than ever of getting pulled into some kind of stream that you really don't actually want to be in, that doesn't actually align with your values. That's what automatically happens to you if you do not wake up every day and say, I align with this. This is what I want to bring into my life. This is what I'm going to nurture in myself. And this is how I'll make my decisions. And starting with um. I'm going to pay attention to how I feel and adjust things to that is a really good starting point. If you have resistance when I say caring caring how you feel and that you should prioritize that, please examine that a little more. Maybe even do some writing or record a voice note going into like when you learned that it's not okay to feel good, when you learned that it's something like a luxury that you can only attain after you've earned it with a certain amount of money or a certain status. Where did these beliefs come from? Are they true? I think if you look a little deeper, you'll see that it was programmed into you by society, like maybe even earlier than any memories you can call to mind about it. But uh, yeah, it's all around us. Just uh, people treating life like it's something that you have to survive rather than something to be excited about. And everyone has an infinite resource of energy within. Some people have figured out how to tap theirs, and I think those are like the some of the visionaries that we see who leave a big mark on humanity. 
I give Einstein as an example pretty often because he was really in touch with that creative genius and he acknowledged the importance of imagination too. He was really brilliant and saw through a lot of things. So that's someone I take as a good example of someone who's learned how to live in alignment with their own inner guidance, no matter how weird it seems, versus someone just following the script. You know, like Einstein didn't even see a point in memorizing facts because it's just a waste of energy. You're draining your fo- like life force by focusing on something that is just just purely mental and that doesn't uh, really scratch the deeper itch with his existence but people like this who have learned how to stay aligned with their own inner voice and take action on it they live miraculous lives and they leave really big marks on the people around them because there's something different about them and they're very like alive which I think has been somewhat rare, at least in my life, I, I'm starting to encounter more and more of people who are like, seem like they're truly alive and think for themselves. Um, there are more and more of them popping up. I think more people are like waking up to this kind of stuff and realizing they can choose something else. Um, but it's previously still been quite a big exception, the people who have learned how to do this, but it's totally accessible. Like it's your birthright. Everyone has that, I think. Except, uh, I don't know, maybe there's some people who have been so severely traumatized that the link is severed forever, that's possible, and psychopaths and stuff, but um, people listening to this who resonate with me more than likely do have the ability, like this wellspring of energy within that they can access, and it's not even about attaining something, like getting something new as much as it is getting rid of the blocks you have within you to it. And uh, in the video I made today, I I was talking about paying attention to what drains your energy. And a really good example of this that everyone can relate to is being around certain people is very exciting and inspiring and it makes you, like their enthusiasm is contagious. And they kind of light the people up around them. And then there's like energy vampire types where you hang out with them for an hour and you feel like exhausted completely. Um, You can, most people are good at discerning the difference between those two extreme types of people, but what about also like any types of activities in your life or even things that you think about? Pay attention to that same thing, like what is it that you think about that expands you and makes you feel inspired and better about life and more energetic and what are you thinking about that's making you feel all doom and gloom and like everything's misery. Because there, like I said, are countless energies out there that are trying to get your attention and a lot of it is fear stuff, fear-based things. I thought of the best um, example, like metaphor for these dark parasitic energies and fear, fear in general, because it takes many forms and uh yeah it can be straight up like predator like energetic predators who vampirize people if you're in the magical community you're probably aware of that um and then or it can be just like self-defeating thoughts or any type of fear really this kind of stuff 
uh, if you're not used to like turning and facing it head on, it can be really terrifying. And I think a lot of us think of it as this big, scary, powerful monster that's going to kill us. But I realized that a way better metaphor for it is it's like that ugly Voldemort baby thing from Harry Potter. <laughs> Where like, yeah, when you first encounter it, it's it's revolting and um, a little intimidating because it's like, oh, what is that? Oh, that's, that feels bad. But then you kind of like look a little closer and you're like, oh, you're just like a pathetic little powerless thing that can only survive by feeding on others or relying on others. These fear-based energies are nothing. They're just like shadows and they have to intimidate and manipulate and spin a bunch of narratives around themselves in order to empower themselves by getting people to believe in them. That kind of fear-based energy, it requires like life force to sustain itself. Things that are truly powerful, um, like the energy of like love, for example, doesn't need to try to intimidate. It doesn't have to try to convince anyone of anything. It just is, you know? And that's why that's always the best antidote for this other stuff. Just remembering like, oh yeah, you need me. I don't need you. And this can work even for the grossest shit, like even someone trying to vampirize you and attack you energetically, you can use this. You can be like, you feel the bad energy, imagine the ugly little Voldemort baby thing and be like, oh man. And then you can even have a little bit of compassion because this kind of energy, like this fear stuff, it's, uh, it's basically the epitome of suffering and all is just pain and it just seeks to bring down and destroy everything that it can. And that's a really shitty place to be in, you know? Like, people who have nothing better to do than to feed on others energetically and attack them. Um, imagine the hell that they're going through. Like, their victims might get messed up for a little while and feel drained and confused and even hurt or damaged, but they at least have the ability to get free and heal and move on. This, uh fear-based energy or people people that have full-on embraced the dark side and evil are far less likely to be able to do that. It's just more and more suffering and the more they inflict that on other people the deeper they get and the more they sever their connection with their soul and that is truly hell um, and so I really feel for them. I feel for those energies and this kind of perspective shift can work even for like clearing your house of spirits, like bad energies. Um, I've used this a few times, like for haunting situations where there's something trying to like scare me or intimidate me. And these energies feed on fear. Um, and if you kind of just can get to a place of compassion for them, not in a spiritual bypassing way, but in a way of like, man, if this feels this bad to me, how does the being that's inside of this feel? It's just self-hatred turned outward and uh, if you can almost just feel like sorry for them or like pity, not pity, but like compassion, like I even used like, okay, you're free to go, I love you, <laughs> like just kind of sending it kindness because I really do have compassion for that level of suffering, it sucks. Um, and they've just gotten trapped in it somehow and are basically slaves to it. 
So that's what has always worked the best for me for clearing any type of negative stuff, whether it's a literal spirit or an, an evil energy vampire person trying to attack or even just anxious thoughts and collective programs and other people's passive-aggressive comments, for example. Um, all this stuff kind of operates the same. It's just coming from a place of lack and fear and intimidation and, and victimhood and all these really dense emotions. And when it appears in the form of like energy or, or spirits, it even can kind of make you feel like sick. Like I feel it in the solar plexus area like this. It's almost like nausea concentrated in the solar plexus. Uh, and as you get more attuned to energies and stuff, you'll, you'll feel that this type of parasitic stuff uh, often comes with that. But people are prime targets for this type of manipulation, like any kind of fear, including the stuff done by uh, the mainstream media, or people shaming each other, or any of this kind of bad vibe stuff or like evil cult leaders or whatever it's all the same it really really helps to actually get super black and white about this kind of stuff because you can just get lost in an infinite sea of interpreting all the different things and trying to decipher is this good or bad I don't know it's like if you just learn how to like really sense the energy behind something and disregard it uh that's just a really good way to kind of stay in your power and that includes like if you're watching something that just has a bunch of fear in it like some news story and it, it feels gross just turn it off a lot of people are um they feel guilty if they don't keep up to date all the time on the current events of the world but like our minds are not built to take on the problems of the world. And that's one instance where I think the internet kind of grew, like, we haven't really grown into an approach that is mature enough to handle everything, the repercussions of the internet quite yet. And one example of that is just being tuned into like all of these stories from around the world. A lot of it, awful stuff that's happening um, and our brains just can't take it. Like, it really will crush you if you let it. Um, and I'm not saying just be apathetic and don't care, but find ways to care and engage with it that don't drain your life force because you don't owe it to anyone or anything to drain your fucking life force. You need to be healthy and alive and engaged to be able to even handle um, life in any real way. Otherwise, you're just going to be like suffering and miserable. Even if it's just in like a subdued way, it just, it sucks not to be um, empowered and happy and feeling good about life. So if you find yourself like paying attention to current events to the degree that it's hurting you, just please re-examine that relationship and find a way to stay up to date on things that doesn't harm you. Um, and find a way to let yourself believe that it's okay to prioritize your own well-being it matters. Um, I think that it's good to realize that it matters for its own sake and that it doesn't need any justification, but when you're new to the idea, justification doesn't hurt at all. So I'll tell you um, that people who care about how they feel are the ones who change the world and have a really positive impact because 
you know, people who have found a way to stay connected to their creative or inventive self and become very successful and uh, in the world and end up having a lot of resources, they, they care how they feel. They care enough about what their intuition says to follow crazy ideas, to think outside the box. They, they have their own um, way of approaching the world and that's admirable to people. Yet most of us don't think that we can do the same thing. But tapping into your own genius and creative potential, uh, it does start with caring how you fucking feel. <laughs> and with creative things, just letting yourself uh, engage in a creative activity without being attached to or obsessed with outcome. I hear a lot of people say that they stop themselves they'll start doing something like drawing and they'll stop themselves because they think it looks bad or they think it's pointless or they think this isn't even going to earn me any money so what's the point? And like I mentioned earlier, but it's worth reiterating, do things just because they're fun, just for the hell of it, for pure enjoyment, things that feed your soul. And I, I swear if you start paying closer attention to what drains you versus what feeds you and you start prioritizing feeling better and like cutting things out that drain you without guilt and um, letting your emotions just be there. Life kind of will arrange itself around that and you can set your internal barometer and rewrite your beliefs and align with what you care about and then your mind can start going to work reinforcing things that actually feed you and are empowering. It's totally possible. Because right now you're just, most people are just living in a state where they had beliefs or programs downloaded to them by their parents and society and collective programming and it's not working out for them and they feel really bad and cut off from purpose and stuff. But if you can just see that you've been creating reality all this time, you were just tricked into creating something that is not for you, it's for other people. If you can kind of grasp and accept that, then you can start using that principle to serve you instead of go against you. Um, it's definitely, definitely possible. I don't know if I've mentioned this before, but subconscious reprogramming, one really good way to do that is uh, recording your own voice over meditation music, just saying, stating the things that you want to claim. I think I have talked about that before. So some ones I come back to are like, I am balanced, I am safe, because people who struggle with anxiety, I really recommend using the affirmation, I am safe, because sometimes your body will just sort of freak out for no apparent reason, and your mind will feel, feel that and start spinning a narrative and finding reasons to be anxious. And this is another, yet another example of what I mean, where your mind just goes to work finding reasons and spinning a narrative and co convincing and feeding whatever is felt in the body or emotions, you know, so practice a state, not just stating these things that you want to claim, but also feeling them in your, in your being. <laughs> if you want some help with this, I do mentorship and, uh, yeah, that's one of the things I can help with, like what, what is blocking you, what beliefs or, or uh, traumas are blocking you from accessing this wellspring of energy within you. It's your birthright. 
you know just like you have the ability to breathe in air and it allows you to survive in the world you have the ability to take in energy and like sustain your own life force through what you choose to focus on and there's a whole like kind of art to this with transmuting emotional states even you know um, a really good example of that is anger is actually an incredible source of energy if you know how to use it so for most people I don't I don't even know if I should say most people but for many they believe anger is just a destructive force and they want to get rid of it as fast as possible and it comes out in really toxic ways but if you actually know how to just create enough space in your body and being and be rooted enough in your body to feel anger and feel the energy and fire beneath it and channel it into something good then you're really figuring out inner alchemy stuff the emotions are the fuel uh, and then you can learn how to feed yourself thoughts, ideas, content, activities that create more of the feelings that you want so uh, that's just a good example of kind of transmuting something into something else so the anger thing, yeah, so imagine you feel like a flash of anger, but you've learned how to kind of check in with your body and, and pause and take a few deep breaths. You feel the energy, you use it as motivation to come up with a way to communicate what you're saying in a way that doesn't hurt anyone, but still establishes your boundaries. So it's like you're using the energy to create boundaries. And for this, by the way, I recommend... Um, not speaking right away because I've set boundaries that also came with a lot of unkind words with other people before because I didn't take that space. So if you feel that fiery anger feeling, just go go do something else first and then come back to it. But it doesn't have to be just a destructive force that you hold inside until it finally bursts forth and causes a bunch of damage. It's like a lot of people think that if they just suppress things enough and keep sweeping them under the rug and closing their eyes and shutting their ears to it, that it will disappear. You know, like a little kid does with putting the blanket over his head when there's a monster. I feel like that's how a lot of people treat their emotions, like their quote-unquote negative emotions. I try not to even think of any emotions as negative. I'll call them, like, dense, denser, because they feel heavier. But, um... It will serve you really well to tell yourself repeatedly and let yourself fully believe that every single emotion is okay. There's value even in the dark feelings. Pain is not a problem. And so on. Because all these things are just part of the ebbs and flows of life and fighting them never works. Sweeping things under the rug does not make them disappear. It will stay there. And it can really turn into a monster if you don't face it. And that can turn into all sorts of stuff. You can draw really messed up stuff to you or even end up getting haunted or sick or... Yeah. Um, none of this has to be so serious, though. Another thing is just taking a more lighthearted approach and learning how to laugh about things. Like that little Voldemort baby thing that I mentioned. I was laughing so hard when I first thought of that because... I had been previously really like freaked out by something and feeling like a victim and scared and then I just sort of had that 
that thought and realized that it doesn't have to be so big and scary. It can just be sort of like something funny. And um, there's a there's a clear distinction, by the way, between using humor to take it easier on yourself and be less fearful. It's a different thing to try to use humor to like bypass serial feelings and like sweep them under the rug. Um, just do yourself a favor and if you notice some type of emotion coming up that you don't want to feel and you get the urge to sweep it under the rug, try to just pause and be like, wait, when did I learn that it's not okay to experience this emotion? Is that true? And um, I wonder why I feel this. When was the first time I had this emotion? What beliefs do I have around this feeling? So like anger, if you struggle with feeling anger, which I think a lot of my listeners will, because I just assume I kind of draw at least a fair amount of listeners who tend towards being kind of like maybe people pleasers or not very angry people overtly. Um, Everyone has anger, by the way, even if you think you're not an angry person. If you ever think of yourself, I'm not an angry person, you really got to look at anger. (laughs) But I use that as a really good example of a commonly suppressed emotion, because a lot of us are totally cut off from that. We just think anger is like unholy and bad, and just that's as far as we think of it. And if it comes up in us, we push it to the side. And this is how you get passive aggression, which is super annoying. And it happens because people haven't learned how to be overt and just express their anger in a healthy way. This took me a really long time and I'm still getting the hang of it quite ungracefully at times. Uh, But yeah, just try to really, really, really drill it into your head and subconscious mind that no emotion is bad, that they're all there to try to show you something. Anger can be used to set boundaries. It can be used to show you what you value, what you will and will not accept in life. And even things like sadness, a lot of people resist it and fear it so much. And just try instead to like turn towards it and say, I hold space for this feeling. Maybe even listen to a sad song like really fully immerse yourself in it and you'll notice that it actually will change form quite quickly whereas if you try to sweep it under the rug pretend it's not there explain it away with the mind rationalize it look for reasons why um it stays it can even stay for way longer than we want uh so it feels counterintuitive to welcome these kind of like lower states dense states, um, but it's really the only way. Running never works. (laughs) So yeah, you can get in touch with me if you have any questions, or if you're curious about mentorship with me, or uh, even if you have suggestions for podcast ideas, I'm open to whatever. So thanks for listening.